welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast, brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 339, recorded live on Sunday, December 22nd, 2013, and here are your hosts, the man who's always on a headset, Dave Pillay. Hi. The man who's on his one this week, Andy Lowe. Hi. On your headset this week? Yes. Are you at Brian Beth's? Yes. Ah. Okay. It'd be kind of hard to, you know, take my entire microphone and extendable arm with me. That would be a little much. Yes. So I'm back to my headset. Yay. Complete with the foam piece off of my Xbox 360 headset. Yeah, mine kind of disappeared on that. So wait, do you have any sort of windbreaker-ish thing over your microphone head? Not really. It starts to explain some things. Yes, like the pops. Yes, yes, things like that. At some point, I should convince you to get an actual microphone. Well, now that I have like a permanent residence, I actually could do that. Of course, there are many, many, many other things to spend money on. Oh my god, Andy, so many things to spend money on. Do you have a washer and dryer, first and foremost? Yes. Okay, good. And a dishwasher. And garbage disposal. Okay, the garbage disposal you don't really need. It's just a luxury item. It is, but it's really nice to have. Mm -hmm. Because it means a lot more can go down the sink. Just don't put fats down there. No, no, I'm not putting fats down there. Wait, you put spaghetti down a garbage disposal? You could. Mm. It would chop it up real fine. Uh, In case anybody is wondering, Kate is literally sitting in the seat next to me. She is lounging and reading her book at the moment, but we'll probably have comments. Interjections. Yes. Peanut gallery. Where does that term come from? Probably some sort of concession stands at like a play or something, maybe. Like the cheap seats? Let's check. It might come from baseball. Peanut gallery. No phrase. Yada, yada, yada. Let's check Wikipedia. In the days of vaudeville, the na- nickname for the cheapest and rowdiest seats in the theater. Ah. The occupants were often known to heckle. So there you go. It's vaudeville-based, all right. So blame vaudeville. Mm-hmm. Okay, then. You learn something new every day. Way to derail the entire conversation. What were we even talking about? We hadn't really talked about anything yet. Okay. We were just setting the scene. Andy at Brian Beth's house, Dave in Dave's house. Yes. We have our scene. We have our players. Should we, you know... Talk about what happened this week? Yes. Bitcoin. Oh, that crazy, crazy currency. Had a very interesting week. Okay. Uh, Because first it suffers a massive, massive drop, and then it picks up a little bit. And in fact... I'm curious. What's the trading rate right now? Was it bit wisdom right now or something? It it went up. Uh, you can do Mount Gox. Bitcoin is trading at about six hundred and sixty dollars per coin. I've got bit wisdom telling me it's at six seventy five ninety right now. So earlier this week it was down to like four hundred. But before that, you know, it was in the thousand dollar range. Yeah, and prior to that, it was in thousand. Someone said, like, if if you woke up on New Year's Day and it was January first, twenty thirteen, what would you do? 
I'd invest a, a lot in Bitcoin. Um, it's had a, a, a pretty interesting time and a lot of ups and downs. And this past week, China basically said, we're out of the Bitcoin game. Now, that's something I'm not, I'm not sure that these people thought about when they designed Bitcoin. Because the way you, the way you get Bitcoins is um, basically processing and wasting processing. Yes. It's cracking a code. Yeah, that's basically what you you run a bunch of computers to run some sort of mathematical equation based off of what is it based off the previous Bitcoin result? I don't know. Cuz there's got to be I know there's got to be like some way of only having one answer. But I don't I don't it's one of those crazy things that I I get the basic idea but I don't know how the nit and gritty parts of it work. No clue cuz I haven't gotten into Bitcoin mining. Okay, so yeah, so you run a bunch of computers to crack some sort of mathematic code, and if you crack this code, you get the bitcoins. Yep. Coin. You get the coin. Oh, you get a coin? You get a coin. And so there are people who set up, like, Bitcoin farming facilities where they just have massive server complexes. And I don't think people realize that if corporations and countries get into this, they have a slight advantage. Because they have, you know, giant government size. Right. What happens if Google decided, hey, screw this, we're going to work in Bitcoins? Right, like if Google just all of a sudden set all of their servers to mining Bitcoin, they'd get the rest of the Bitcoin. (laughs) I don't know. I'm sure there's some way that it prevents something like that from happening, but it just seems like this is a bad idea all around. So China kind of agrees with that and says, we're done, and has passed regulation blocking the use of bitcoins in China. So no more bitcoins in China, which basically dropped the price of a bitcoin in half. Like, within an hour, people lost hundreds of thousands of dollars. Each. Oh, um, side note, you don't get a bitcoin. The bitcoins you get a come piece in, of a bitcoin? No, you, the bitcoins come in at blocks of 25 bitcoins. Ooh, so you actually get a fair number of them. Yes. Oh man, so if you if you crack one when Bitcoin was $1000 each, I mean that's 25,000 bucks. But that but then you would actually have to sell your bitcoins. Yeah. They're not really worth anything until somebody actually buys but, them. Andy, what what was that website you were on Bitcoin Wisdom? Yeah. Doesn't that show you current sales? Yes, true. How many people are buying bitcoins, Andy? Probably a bunch of people all the time. Lots Especially some of sort people. of currency speculators lots of people are buying bitcoins even if you came in like under market and sold them for nine hundred and fifty dollars each instead of a thousand dollars each so anyway china says no more price drops like 500 bucks and then just yesterday overstock.com have you ever purchased from overstock have i purchased from o.co is it o.co yeah, if you actually just o.co, overstock.com. Have you purchased from Overstock, Andy? I have purchased one time from Overstock. My bed sheets came from Overstock. I mean, it's basically TJ Maxx online. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, they are going to accept Bitcoin. Well, good for them. I want to know how they're going to give change. <laughs> yeah, because as we know, a Bitcoin right now is 600 some odd dollars. Can you sell pieces of Bitcoin? Well, my guess is the fact that they would get the Bitcoin, and then they would give you the cash that makes up the difference. Maybe I don't know. Do they even say how they're going to do that? Or do they just nope. say 
They've just said we are going to start accepting Bitcoin in 2014. Oh, that's just great. It's a nice broad statement with nothing to actually back it up. So, yeah. (laughs) Okay, they're going to partner with Bitcoin payment processors such as Coinbase or BitPay for the initiative, which is why the online retail will immediately liquidate the digital currency into dollars. Mm, And then give you the change. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. What do you think on this, Andy? What's your opinion of Bitcoin in general? It's a made-up currency. So are all currencies. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, currently, the U.S. dollar is also a made-up currency. Right. It used to be backed by gold. Now it's just, eh, whatever. Um, On a side note, I am currently reading, uh, I think the book is called Doomsday Machine. Let me just double-check that. You don't know what the book you're reading is called? Well, I'm reading it on my Kindle, so... Okay, sorry, it's called The Big Short, Inside the Doomsday Machine. It's written by Michael Lewis, the guy who wrote Moneyball. Okay. About, um, basically, the buildup of the housing bubble in the 2000s and how everything imploded. And it was kind of funny, like, reading this book, thinking this all just sounds completely ridiculous and implausible. Yet it happened. Because most of the stuff here was just wasn't actual real things like they were building money hedge things and out of just things that didn't actually physically exist it, money hedge things out of things it they were creating collateral value where debt. there was no value yes they were basically like making bets on bets and they were just packaged it was it's all oh my god it's ridiculous so what have you learned from this i've learned that i don't trust anybody on wall street Sounds good to me. Because <laughs> it's just the, the people who are able to create value from absolutely nothing just seems a little ridiculous. But it happens all the time. I know it happens all the time. And it, it, with the way everything's going now, there's going to be less and less physical things in the world. Because everything is just going to be ones and zeros on a hard drive somewhere. So we're just disconnecting ourselves from the price of things with what they actually are. Yeah. Yes. We would have a... I mean, I, I, I'm i not sure that we can fix it. Oh, no. It's a lot bigger than us. Right. Just, you know, be ready for the revolution. Oh, it's already halfway here. You think so? Uh, well, let's see. You can watch movies on Netflix. So if you're paying something to not actually own the movies, just allow access to them. Okay, but Andy, that's a library. True, but how many times will people just be like, oh, I'll just wait until it gets on, goes on Netflix rather than buy the actual physical DVD? How Heck. many times did people say, I'll wait for the library to get a copy? Compared to actually... Going to, Bo- to Borders or Barnes & Noble. Oh, I was not part of that thought process. It's, it's just, everything is just crazy. Yes. Can we just agree? On that, that? we can agree. Okay. We can, we can definitely agree. Everything is crazy. So, something else that's crazy. Yes. Target got hacked for... Do I have a Target account? Oh, you don't even need to have a Target account. What? Yes. Oh, God. Oh, no, don't tell me. If they were storing... Have... Yeah, they were storing just regular credit card numbers. Oh, Target. 
because one of the books that I was reading before this book about the doomsday device was about um, how people create habits and that sort of thing. And for some odd reason, the book delved into the fact that Target was like the the highest person of like data allocation and able to predict like well, when people I mean, we, were. We talked about how Target predicted that someone was pregnant. Yes. That was all that same exact story was brought up in the book. So like Target's got a lot of data on you, like a lot. Yeah. And now they just got hacked and 40 million customers, credit card numbers and other personal private data has been stolen from them. Ouch. Oh, oh, Target. Not only this, the breach was only to the Target's physical stores. So the online shoppers were actually the safest ones out of this. It was actually like the physical buildings. But anyone who shopped at Target store between the week of Black Friday and December 15th. Damn it. That's me. Yeah. I think that's a lot of people. Well, at least 40 million. So credit card numbers and personal info. Mm-hmm. Well, shit. So if you shop at Target, watch your credit card statements. Yes. They have no idea who, who got away with it? Nope. Is the FBI investigating? Um, I am not sure on that one. Uh, Secret Service confirmed Wednesday night that it was investigating the incident. Okay, so Secret Service. Yes, since they are technically the ones who deal with... Money. Money. Yay, Treasury Department. Mm-hmm. I think I told you I almost applied for a job with the Secret Service. I'm, I'm hoping with the um, Treasury aspect of it and not the um, protecting... Yes, it, it would have been the uh, forensic... Okay, good. Crime scene photographer. That would have been interesting. Mm-hmm. Get to go around and take pictures of people trying to make money. Like, literally making money, yeah. not... Not like working a hard day's job and getting a paycheck, but like we're talking like offset printing press, money, sort of. Now what is what is the money? It's not offset, is it? What the, the actual printing of the dollar bills? It's not offset, is it or is it? I don't know. I used to know this for class many many moons ago, and I don't remember. I don't even think if I could actually say the seven types of uh, printing right now. If somebody held a gun to my head. How dare you, Andy? I know. How dare I forget things back from high school over 10 years ago? Yep. Um, okay, so Target on Monday finally announced that, yes, hey, people had actually stolen our data. Um, so let's see, Dece- until December 15th. So Okay, so Sunday. So they announced on Monday that they had figured out what was going on. Um, information stolen include customer names, credit and debit card numbers, expiration dates, and three-digit security codes. So yeah, keep an eye on your uh, credit card statements. Yeah, I have to go and check which cards I used to target. Oh, well, damn. Yep. So okay. more hacking. More hacking. People can hack your computer by sound? Yes, sort of. No, but yes. So they, th- this one group, recognized processors make different noises when doing different things. Yes? Yes. You you understand this principle? Well, yeah, because the, the right. CPU is running at a certain frequency. Right. So it but it's should not actually... Even, it, it's not so much the processor. It's actually the, the electric components, the things like the capacitors and the coils. As you put different power through them, they vibrate. They actually do vibrate physically at different speeds, yeah. and that's what most of the noise is. And so these people figured out it, it's under very controlled circumstances it's the idea of i know the result of this de- of this decryption 
I already know what it's supposed to decrypt as. So I will send you the encrypted file and see what the process is that your computer is doing to decrypt it. And then they, they take the, the audio and they can basically figure out your computer's key that it's using to decrypt this file, which you can then use for other files. So they've got a microphone listening to your computer. Mm-hmm. It listens to all the crazy electronic noises that probably are outside of our normal human hearing range. Yes, I think so. 20 kilohertz? Well, 20 kilohertz is the upper end. No, no, 20 kilohertz is right in the middle. It's 20 hertz to 20,000 hertz, so... Yeah. Yeah, 20, 20 kilohertz, right. Upper end. It's upper end. So it's listening to that, and they can they can basically use that information to build the key. Now, to, to really do this as an exploit, uh, like, it is a security hole, but to do this as an exploit, what you would do is sit down next to someone... Put your phone down with its microphone on, point it at their computer, and then send them some encrypted emails. Now, the, the email clients that people are using, especially the ones in Linux, handle that encryption decryption process automatically. Ah. And so when they get the email, the computer would process it and decrypt it, and you'd be able to capture the audio leakage from the computer as it's decrypting the email. <laughs> and you'd have to do it a couple times. But you could then get its encryption key from the noise. So if you go to a coffee shop and you start getting really weird emails and you see some guy with like a parabolic mic. <laughs> I think if you go to a coffee shop and see anybody with a parabolic mic. Pointed at your computer. Yeah. Or a can of Pringles pointed at your computer. Yeah, I don't know. The, the Pringles antennas. Yeah. Yep. Hijacking those signals. Mm-hmm. Now, the other kind of uh, really cool side of this is they found out you can't do it just through the audio alone. Rather, it's not only that you can do it through just the audio. You can also do it through the electric signal leaking from some of the ports. Oh, yeah. So because the box is not sealed electronically. Right. But like through through the USB port or through the ground. Oh, jeez. You can actually detect the variations in the power draw by listening to the noise in the ground. That is seriously messed up. It's really cool. <laughs> it's like, it's that's neat, super but cool, it's but... seriously messed up. Yeah, yeah. So this stuff of like, oh, it's super secure. Well, actually not so much. That's crazy. Yep. Hacking computers by using sound. Oh, that's crazy, crazy, crazy. I'm trying to think of what else is... Oh, there's just full of crazy news on this thing. So, um, another crazy bit of news. Yeah. There's a new Beatles album that's coming out. Well, that came out on Tuesday. Wait, how is there any new music for the Beatles? Well, because this album, which has 59 songs, which is called The Beatles Bootleg Recordings of 1963, okay... It's coming mm. out on iTunes on Tuesday, which is December 24th, right? So close to the end of the year, yes? Yes. 59 tracks, which include two hours of outtakes, BBC recordings, and demos. That's a pretty sizable disc. Yes. Um, it's getting released as brand new music. Okay. Do you want to know why? I assume to make money. Yes, because... In Europe, 
copyrighted works are only protected for 50 years after they were recorded. Uh, when were these recorded? 1963. So 50 years ago? Yes. And since they are going to be released in 2013, there was a revision in the uh, copyright laws for the European Union back in November that say copyright protection for released songs gets extended to 70 years. Oh. So, okay, so by releasing, quote-unquote, this music yes. on this compilation disc yes, and selling a copy... Yes. It's now released. Yes. Which means that these, like... These songs, Outtakes which... and, and performances are covered for another 20 years. Yes, because they were literally seven days from getting released into the public domain. Literally seven <sighs> days. If they had waited seven more days before releasing it, they would have been in the public domain and anybody could have done anything with these songs. There's a, a really good video that I think everyone should watch. It's called Copyright Lasts Forever and a Day. It's by a guy named CGP Gray. Go watch it. I think I'm actually subscribed to his YouTube channel. I hope so. He's really, really good. I'm currently not signed in, so I can't tell you for a fact, but I thought I was subscribed to his YouTube channel. I mean, he's, yeah, it, just this whole idea of like what copyright is, where it comes from, and why it lasts so long now and how bad that is for creativity. Yeah, this is just ridiculous. It's like, I'm guessing they literally took anything that they could find that has not been previously released from 1963. And released it. And released it. Just so they can get copyright for 20 more years. So in 20 years, we'll revisit this. (laughs) And my guess is that at some point, at that point... It'll have been extended again. Yes. Yeah. Because if it's any indication, it's going to get extended. Thank you, Sonny Bono. Ah, copyright anger. <laughs> okay. So another Let's, bit of crazy news. Yeah. Wow, so much crazy news. It's crazy Daves. I was thinking of doing that for Halloween last year. I know, you told me that on the podcast. Okay, well, just making a point. What did you go as Halloween this year? Uh generic robed figure five really generic robed figure five i mean i i didn't really have a costume i had a costume but not as anything it it was basically i walked around in a robe cape really not even it was a cape it was it was a cape with a hood it was a hooded cape (laughs) i'm just shaking my head i know so um i'm not sure if we uh talked about this at the beginning of this year but 75 and 100 watt light bulbs the incandescent light bulbs had stopped production right because you're supposed to get the compact fluorescence now yes well just to keep everybody in the loop on this at the end of this month 40 watt and 60 watt incandescent light bulbs are also going to be stopped no not my 60 watt i know i need the the go-to light bulbs Those are all over the place. I know. There is a caveat, though. The incandescent light bulbs that are three-way light bulbs are still going to be made. Yay! That's like the 45, 60, 70 or something like that? Well, if it was 45, 60, then it would be 105 watt for the third one. Okay. 
because the third number is the addition of the first two. Oh, that makes sense. Because there's only two filaments in there. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So you only have one filament or the other filament or both filaments. Or That's both. your three levels. Oh. I'm, I'm like all for the idea of compact fluorescent or even just LED. My issue with, with the CF ones is that dimmers don't work with them. No, no, they don't. They, they are much more digital than analog in the sense that it's either on or off. Well, the, the thing with LED bulbs is you can only... LEDs require at least a set amount of voltage to light them. Yes. And if you drop below that voltage... They flicker. Yeah. And turn off. Yeah. So you can dim an LED up to a point. But after that, it just shuts down. Yeah. But you, like, you can't dim a CF at all. No. No, you can't because it's fluorescent. Right. So this is, this is the advantage I, I still like from incandescent bulbs. I mean, I understand they're wasteful. I want to change out of them. I want something better. But the stuff that's out right now... Damn it, give me dimmers. LED bulbs are currently right around... A 40-watt LED bulb is right around $7.50 for a bulb. Mm-hmm. How much would it cost me to replace every bulb in this house? Yeah, start adding that up. How much are, like, the Philips Hue bulbs? I'm not sure. The ones where I you control the color. I, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, what, a regular incandescent bulb is normally around, what, 50 cents or so? Yeah. If you just buy, right, like, they're, the... They're this, super cheap. Holy yeah, shit. The Hue starter pack, $200. How many bulbs do you get? I'm trying to find... Please tell me it's a whole houseful. It had better be. Product info. It's connecting bulbs in the wireless bridge. It says you can connect up to 50 bulbs, but it doesn't say how many are there. <laughs> All you need is the bridge that comes with the starter pack. Three bulbs and the bridge. Three bulbs and the bridge, and it's $200? Yeah. Each bulb is $75. $75? No, wait, why? hold on. I think I, I think I found a place for $65. Oh, God, why? Okay, so I'm not doing that. Yeah, you're going to pay $65. If you were okay, if you were doing a photo studio of some kind, then maybe I could see that. Yes, that actually would work very well in a studio. Although usually you'll have your own studio lighting anyway. Yes. Okay, so how much is just a regular LED? LED a forty watt LED bulb right now is about seven fifty ish. Yeah, you wanna you wanna know what a sixty watt LED bulb is? How much? A lot more. Is it what like fifty bucks? Sixty bucks. Oh, I've got a uh no, I've got a Paxlite LED bulb 60 watt equivalent for 14. I've got another one there for 10. Where are you looking up your bulbs? Uh, I went to Amazon. I went to Amazon too and I looked up 60 watt LED. 60 watt LED bulb. Oh, okay, here's one for 10 bucks. Yeah. I was like they used to be, you know, 50, 60 bucks. Yep. Hey, here's one for 9 bucks. Okay, so you'd buy an LED bulb plug it in, and you have to run it for two years before you start saving money. Like, have the bulb on for two years? Well, not have the bulb, just average... Average use of two years? Yes. Okay, that's that's a little better. LED like, I don't bulbs know. consume about two years, or two dollars a year in normal usage. Incandescents are normally around seven dollars a year for normal usage. So if you have bulbs that stay on longer than others? Yes. Like your kitchen lights, those are yes. going to be on more than most of the others. Or the front lights, right? The lights outside, 
Sure, if you keep those on. Yeah, because you're going to keep them on from, like, sundown to bedtime. Yes. Oh, here's a, a dimmable LED light for 15 bucks. So expensive. Yep. So I wonder if you're going to start, if you're going to, that's what you should have done if you started asking about the houses, what type of light bulbs they have, and if the light bulbs are included in the house. I mean, if the light bulbs are included with the house. It's usually assumed light bulbs are included. Well, it'd be like, are are these incandescent light bulbs or are they LED light bulbs? Because that would start to make a difference, especially, you know, if you have like 20, 30 light bulbs in a house and it's I'm trying 10 to think bucks how many we pop. have in here. It's like four in the basement. These are the fan lights. They would be different because they're going to be a lot lower wattage. One, two. Most of the lights here are from lamps. Like they aren't actually lights in the house. I don't know. I'll have to do a walkthrough and, and try and find out. We're going to add lights. I'll have to walk through. How many lights do you have, Andy? In our apartment? Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight of them in the ceiling. Nine, ten, if you can, eleven if you count the lamps. So eleven total. So you could replace them all. Twelve, sorry, twelve. Twelve? So I forgot the, the lamp over the closet that I always forget to turn off. So for 130 bucks, you could replace every one of them with an LED. Yes. And then have to stay in that apartment for two years before I start saving money. Well, no. You wouldn't have to stay there. I'll just take all the light bulbs with me. You'll take all the light bulbs with you. <laughs> I'm moving out and I'm taking the light bulbs with me. No, you can't have the light bulbs. But I bought them all. Just, I mean, do what I did with the, the shower from my apartment. I attached a new shower head. Damn right I took that with me. <laughs> I saved the old one and just reattached it when I left. Right, some more crazy news. Crazy news! Battlefield 4 class action lawsuit. Yes. Screw these video game companies saying we can't do class action lawsuits. We're going to do one anyway. Well, the investors are doing one. Okay. Oh, yeah, I actually got emails about this. Yes. The investors in EA stock are starting a class action lawsuit against EA. Screw the consumers. The investors are going after them now. Trying to remember what they were trying to talk about with it. It was basically that EA didn't handle it well. Yes. And that the, the rollout was not as promised. So the investors are suing. Yes. Investors are suing EA because after following the launch of Battlefield 4, the price of EA shares dropped to $21, down from over 25% over its class period high. So it was a 25% drop, I guess. Mm-hmm. Over the high. Yes. Oh, yeah. Sure enough. I've actually lost money on EA. Well, there you go. Now you have a class action lawsuit to... Uh... I do actually have a class action lawsuit that I, I can be a part of. I got emails asking if I wanted to be one of the uh, the lead plaintiffs, like they were looking for people. I, I didn't meet the requirements. No, I, I don't think you would own enough to be lead plaintiff on this. No, you had to have something like 200,000 shares. Yeah, I don't think you do. I have four. <laughs> but it's enough to get into the class action lawsuit. So, Dave, what I need you to do is buy a whole bunch of shares of EA. Buy 199,996 shares. You could just mine some bitcoins. It'll be worth it. Right, right. No. 
God, I love it. It's the, the EA puts all their terms of agreement saying that consumers cannot file class action lawsuits against them. And the investors sue. Yeah. It works. Mm-hmm. It works quite well. Have you signed up for Star Wars Attack Squadron? I have. Do you, did you need to add? I mean, yes. <laughs> okay, I'm just making sure that you knew about this and have signed up for the beta. Yeah, I definitely signed up for the beta. I had to create a Disney account. It turns out I already had a Disney account. I was kind of surprised at that. How do you have a Disney Okay. Ah, yes. yes. I, okay. I, had to... I found out why I have a Disney account from Kate. Why do you have a Disney account? Because the, you know how the Disney movies come with those Disney rewards things? No. Oh. Well, if you buy a Disney movie on DVD, it comes with a Disney rewards, like, royalty program for Disney. That's why I have a Disney account. Okay. A loyalty program for Disney? This isn't, like... What airline are you using? You're going to buy both movies. You're not going to go out and say, like, oh, I feel like buying a movie. Oh, I'll get rewards points if I buy Disney. You're going to buy both movies. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that's why I had a Disney account. Okay. Disney is actually, I, I want to point out, if you look at Disney's stock price in the last year, go take a look, Andy. What's their... Uh... D-I-S. It's actually been going down a little bit. It, what? Andy, oh, that's, last sorry, year. I'm, I'm looking at one day. Never mind. Hold on. Yeah. Hey, that looks decent. Yeah. You want to know when I bought Disney? 2009 or earlier? December 31st, 2012. Hey, it's not bad. Yeah. Made a pretty good return on that. <laughs> I was going to say, if you bought it back in 2009, it was... What was it in 2009? Somewhere around 25. Oh, that would be good. That would be pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Sprint also, while we're talking about stocks, has been riding high on these rumors of like maybe they'll purchase T-Mobile. S on the New York Stock Exchange, which um, is also kind of funny because supposedly Dish, as in Dish Network, like yeah, satellite TV, is also eyeing a bid for T-Mobile. Which is really funny because T-Mobile itself has been looking at doing. Uh, a very interesting thing. This is only a rumor so far. I have no proof to back this up. But T-Mobile was talking about or leaked about or someone mentioned about uh, buying out customer contracts. What? Which is to say you are a Verizon customer and you want to switch to T-Mobile. T-Mobile would pay your early termination fee. Well, then. If that is true, that's huge. True. You do have to realize, though, that if you're wearing Verizon, you're not going to have to get a different phone. Yes. But but if T-Mobile starts paying the competitor's transfer fee, basically, then everyone else is going to have to do that. I don't know. It would seem weird to have Dish Network owning T-Mobile. I know they've got wireless spectrum. Because they bought a bunch. Yeah, but the why last... would they want? Why would they want T-Mobile? What are they trying to get into with that? They have. They, they, we wouldn't in the last Spectrum auction. Mm-hmm. They bought a lot, so they ha- they're sitting on a lot of empty real estate that they could put to use if they bought T-Mobile. I don't know why they would do that since T-Mobile's infrastructure is already in place. Maybe they could use their wireless Spectrum to expand T-Mobile's service. Which would, you know, be nice. T-Mobile is still owned by Deutsche Telekom. Yes. So, uh, 67%. I mean, all of this is, so. Who owns the other 33? I don't know off the top of my head. Okay. 
I hate companies owning other companies. Mm-hmm. It's just like it gets so complex. Mm-hmm. It's crazy okay. out there. It's so crazy. All right. Well. So what about Disney removing a pay-to-play thingy? Okay, so ever since Zynga, basically, on Facebook, and, and the way they were making money was that you had some form of energy in your game. Okay. Right? And as you take actions, you spend energy. Basically, it was to put a time limit on the game. So you'd, you'd play for five minutes, and then it would be like, oh, you're out of energy. You have to wait half an hour for your energy to refill, or you can spend five bucks. Okay. Are you familiar with this, mo- this, this no, pay yeah. model? Yes, having played okay. Farmville. Right. So you remember this. Yeah. So this has been the model for years, and people hate it. It's manipulative. It's terrible. It's, it's money-grubbing. It's, and Disney has removed it from one of their games. Really? In Where's My Water 2, they are going to remove the energy system that you have to pay for. Now, whether they're going to replace it with something equally terrible, we don't know. Hmm. Well, that is something. Do you think this is going to catch on to everybody else? I hope so. But it also terrifies me that, like, this could just be, oh, we'll get rid of this and replace it with this even worse thing. Yeah, we'll get rid of this timer. Instead, you have to, you know, mine gems. Oh, you haven't mined your gems? Oh, you don't get to play. You could buy some gems, though. <laughs> it's the same thing. No, it's not. We're gems. It's completely different. Okay, what's left? DARPA. Ah, yes. The DARPA robot challenge. So the, the background on this one, if I may, okay, uh, is going back to Fukushima. Yes. The Fukushima Daiichi nuclear plant. I think it's Daiichi. Uh, Where there was, I mean, part of it, there was a series of things that were wrong, but part of it was there was a a valve, basically, that they had to open, but it was in a highly irradiated room. And so they they couldn't send people in there to open it, and anyone they did was getting, like, heavily, heavily dosed with radiation and couldn't do it. And so the idea is, oh, if we had a robot that could open a valve we would have averted half the disaster. Okay. And so DARPA said, oh, well, that, that's worthy enough, and they made a DARPA challenge. And so it had a bunch of different pieces to it, like have a robot that can climb a ladder, have a robot that can open a valve, that can push a button, that can turn a crank. Lots of interesting disaster scenarios sort of stuff. Right. And so companies built robots, Groups came together and built robots, and they had the challenge, and the winner was... Well, this was not the final challenge. No, this is, this is the preliminaries. Yes. This is like the... There was the original plan where people had to be like, basically, send their plan for what they want to do to DARPA, and then they got put into different tiers, and some of them got money, some of them actual got, like, hardware from the now Google-owned Boston Dynamics... And some of it was them, not Google-owned at that point, though. No. But is now owned by Google. And some of them were, like, told, hey, we want you to you want to see what you guys can do if you don't have any sort of money behind it. Like, there was a, there was a tier that was just for the DIY sort of crowd. So this was, the, um, this was the first time that these robots actually got out of the box to actually compete. And the winner was a group from Japan. Sort of. <laughs> Well, I would I would like to point out 
So the winner was a group from Japan. Yes. That had been bought by Google. Yes, this was actually the when we talked about Google buying Boston Dynamics, I think we kind of missed the fact that they also bought this company out of Japan at the same time who is in charge of Team Shaft, which won the DARPA challenge. Well, won so the Google, preliminaries. Google bought Shaft at the same time that they bought Boston Dynamics. Google nobody... also bought Boston Dynamics and Shaft won and the second and third place used second Boston, and fourth. Second and fourth place used Boston Dynamics. So Google like bought the win. They almost bought the entire podium. That is just crazy. Yeah, Boston Dynamics built the Atlas robots, which with uh, seven of the teams that were there competed with that base robot with you know their stuff attached to it. But the base model was still used by seven of the teams. Wow. Yeah. Now. So so Shaft was able to do most of the tasks. There were four tasks. Oh, uh, no, there were eight tasks. Each of them had four subtasks. Each subtask was worth a point. Shaft scored 27 points. Let's see. Shaft scored 27. Um, IHMC scored 20. Carnegie Mellon University. second place. Yeah, was third with 18 points. And I love how Carnegie Mellon is just, like, taking this robotic stuff and run with it. I mean... They've always been pretty advanced in, in AI yeah, and in computers. This is not new for them. Um, but I, I lost my train of thought. So Shaft did most of it. Ah, right. The thing is, it, it's a little misleading. Yes, it completed 27 of the subtasks, but it took a long time to do each of them. This was not like press a button and it goes in and does it. This was make a move. Now plan for a minute, make another move, plan for a minute, make another move. Yes, this was not rip-roaring entertainment to watch. So boring. Shaft was working the best out of uh, all of them, though. Well, I hope so. It won. I know. But if you actually like watch the videos of the, the Shaft in action... Mm-hmm. It, it, was, it was smoother than the others? Yes. Okay. It honestly looked like it was, you know, working out correctly. Um, so yeah, um, the top finishers, I think it was either the top six or the top eight finishers in this challenge. Get to go on? Um, well, everybody gets to come back, but these, the top eight finishers receive a million bucks from DARPA to help out with whatever they need to do before the next year's finals. Makes you feel kind of bad for the people who didn't quite make that, because you're sitting there like, oh, we almost got it, but now these guys who did a little bit better than we are are getting a million dollars. That's always how the DARPA challenges have been set up. That it, doesn't make keep, it right. <laughs> that's, it's just how they've, it's obviously all they've, that's how they've done it. I chatted with the guys in Ann Arbor when, who were doing the uh, driving challenge, the urban driving challenge, was the fact that they were doing a bunch of stuff there just to try and get into the group that got funding. Yep. From DARPA. They're like, we, we're, not, we, we're probably not going to win or anything. We just want to get into that group that's the top tier groups, because then things get a whole lot easier. Um, fun note, NASA had two teams. Because there was NASA, JPL, and yes. who was the other? Johnson Space Center. Okay. So you had basically, what, Southwest versus Southeast? Mm-hmm. Um, the Johnson Space Control Center team did not score a single point. Oh, sad. Yeah. So more funding to NASA. <laughs> yeah, the the NASA guys who handle all the rovers, mm-hmm. they did great. 
the other NASA guys who, it seems, did not have anything else to work on at the moment, since, you know, this whole space shuttle program has been shut down. Did nothing. Did nothing. You know, this reminds me of FRC a lot. How so? The first robotics competition that, like, they sent out a base kit from Boston Dynamics and said, okay, you have to do these tasks. Well, they sent out base kits to the people who had wowed them enough with that original presentation Plan. stage that happened yeah. last last year, June, I think. But it, it really reminds me a lot of FRC. No, yeah, this this does. <laughs> this is like FRC on steroids. <laughs> FRC for adults. Yes. But there's no cooperation points. No, no, there isn't. All right. Uh, tell me about data caps, Andy. Well, to close that's, out that's our... To relieve, that's to relieve congestion, right? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, it's not? No. But that's what the cable companies always tell me. Yes. But even now, the cable companies are fi- try- starting to drop that facade. Um, Michael Powell, former FCC chairman, back during the whole Janet Jackson Super Bowl halftime show issue, um, is now the cable industry's chief lobbyist of the National Cable and Telecommunications Association, was talking to a uh, the minority media and telecommunications association, so other you know lobbyist groups, talking to other lobbyist groups. He was asked about the uh, data caps as part of congestion. And he is literally quoted as saying that that's wrong. Our principal purpose is how to fairly monetize a highly fixed cost. Has absolutely nothing to do with congestion, which we all knew was the truth. But now somebody, you know, like inside the business is finally. Not just someone inside the business, like the chief lobbyist for the business. Yes. Who had previously been setting the policies for the business. I, I really think he should, like, have his pay from the last five years as the chairman retracted. Well, that's, that's what you do in Washington, though. You work for the government, and then you become a lobbyist. Yeah. Or, I honestly do not think I've seen anybody go the other way who was a lobbyist who then started working for the government. Oh, I'm sure people do it. So, he just did what you do in Washington. You work. Yep. And then, hey, look, there's more money on the outside. I quit. But I know all the ropes, I know all the people, so I'll just still work inside the city. <laughs> Rawr. Well, so at least someone admitted that data caps actually are are not for congestion. Yes. I don't think he actually meant to admit that. Well, we'll say um, during this panel that he was asked this question at, um, Democrat Michael Copps uh, basically did a little follow-up saying that there should be a little yellow flag of caution and that the commission should approach data caps with a little more questioning attitude. He says that he does not oppose people paying more for using more. But he also said that the focus should be more on building out broadband infrastructure to all citizens, and after that, making uh, let's see, and after making that investment, it is better time to focus on uses-based pricing or caps. I'd Somebody in there is at least a voice pricing. of reason. Yes, someone. <laughs> one, one voice among a throng of no, no, no. Fairness and and congestion and fairness and. Fuckers. If fairness was actually their argument, do you think we would have actually have lower data costs? I don't know. I also love how in the thing here, it was somebody from Comcast. I have to find the right article. 
I was looking at a couple articles about this, but one of them, um, somebody from Comcast was talking about, oh, they were pointing out their, their Comcast thing where they were subsidizing uh, their cable costs for low-income families. And they were saying like how this was because of this was free market and this was not based off the government that they were doing something better than that. And in my head, I'm thinking, wait a second, you were told that you were required to do this program by the government. By the government. Hmm. Don't don't try to play this off as fairness and free market. You were regulated to do this. <laughs> you were not going to do this otherwise. Yeah. yeah. Freaking Comcast. Okay. So uh, we should probably hit a random review. Sounds good. Random review. Okay. Uh, let me get the, the full title of this. All right. It is Sid Meier's Civilization Four Colonization. Sid Meier's Civilization Four Colonization. Colonization. Yes. Not to be confused with Sid Meier's Colonization. So Colonization was a game that came out around the time of Civ, like Civilization. Uh, it's it's very basic and flat in 2D. Sid Meier's Civilization Four Colonization is a standalone mod of Civilization Four to basically recreate that game. These games are awesome, fantastic, and, and it's, I mean, it's clearly Civ with some twists. So you, you have a much finer control over like what a lot of your people are doing. Uh, you are one of the three, four kind of colonial powers in Europe, either the Dutch, the English, the French, or the Spanish. And you colonize a new world. Okay. So you start you start the game with like a pioneer and a soldier, and you have to found a settlement, and chop lumber, and uh, mine ore so that you can build tools, so that you can build stuff. And you have to deal with the natives who are already there, and they trade with you. And they're like, oh, welcome! You're you're a small group of settlers. We'll give you this land for free. That's fine. Whatever. And. By the end of the game, you need to have established colonies, created your army, and declare independence from the European power. You get most of your money. You know, in, in Civ, you get money just like every turn. You get money. Every mm-hmm. turn, you get money. In this, you don't. In this, you have to actually take the goods that your cities are producing and sell them, either by shipping them back to Europe or by sending them to a uh, any of the... the natives or the other uh, colonial powers and trading with them. And it's got this really cool kind of production system. So you can get raw resources from the land like tobacco or cotton. Okay. And in the city, you have buildings like a weaver's shop or a tobacconist. Tobacconist? I don't know. uh, Where they make cigars out of the tobacco. And then you ship those finished products. You can set up trade routes m- among your cities. So if I have a city that specializes in just growing cotton, I could have another city that specializes in weaving and turning that cotton into uh, wool so that I can send that back to Europe. I see. It's really nice. It's a very it, – if you enjoy Civ, this is a great way to play Civ without getting tired of Civ. The downside of Sid Meier's Civilization IV colonization, it's a lot prettier, it's a lot nicer, it has a lot of more advanced things in it. They messed up the timing with it. You don't have nearly long enough. What do you mean? They ch- see. You have, what, like, normally 200 turns? Yeah, you, it's not long enough. No? To, mm. to establish the colony, to grow your trade network, to start 
getting people over there to foment the the rebel sentiment because you start off as colonials and and citizens and you're all happy and everyone's like yay king of of uh, the Netherlands or yay king of England or yay king of France and Spain and slowly as the game goes on the king will be like hey so I'm going to raise your taxes arbitrarily by this huge number like 10% increase in taxes or you can stop you can say like no we've had enough and, and basically embargo that trade good Uh, But it just takes too long to get everything together. So the original colonization was not uh, as as difficult. This one has been a little underwhelming, shall we say. Because the fact that you're not able to do what you want to do in the time that you were given. Yeah. Gotcha. The graphics are prettier. The graphics are a lot prettier than the original colonization. Um, But I would actually suggest if you're going to play either of them, Playing the original colonization. You I mean, can get it on goodoldgames.com. I was going to say, like, if you're, if you're playing a 4X game, graphics most of the time are secondary to the rest of the actual gameplay. Mm-hmm. Colonization is $4 on goodoldgames.com. $3. The original colonization? The original colonization is okay. $3. It is 50 megabytes. <laughs> How much is it's colonization on actually, Steam? better than, than the remake. Civ 4 colonization is, I think, normally 10 bucks. Looking it up now. Civ, uh, 9 Yep. Nope. Normally it's 20 bucks. Oh, normally it's 20 Oh. It's on sale. Stupid Steam sale. Yep. So, there you have it. Although I suppose in the Civ 4 version you do have multiplayer. Hmm. Have you found, is there any way of modding the game to continue beyond the 200 turns? Uh, probably, but I don't want to go into that sort of detail. (laughs) It's a Civ game, there's always mods. Right, well, it's a recent Civ game, there's always mods. True. But I could just play the original. Also true. And then not worry about it. So, there's a newer version for 20, but you say play the original for 3. Yeah. Okay. And I think that's what I'm going to start doing. Okay. Because I've been playing, I've played like, I put in five or six hours of this game the last week. This is like the only game I've played in the last week. I'm going to go back and play the original. It's better. Okay. All right. Random topic. Random topic. Rolled ahead of time. If you had to kill your co-host, how would you do it? Go ahead, Andy. It's, if I had to kill Dave, how would I do it? Would I, the question becomes, do I care if I get caught? See, that's that's kind of what I was going to go with, is like I would do it quietly, stealthily, and in a manner that no one would notice. Because if you don't care about getting caught, you can kill somebody pretty easily. Well, so the question is, do you want to be a creative killer, or a I can get away with this killer? Is there a difference between the two of them? Because it's not very creative to walk up to somebody with a baseball bat and just start pounding their head in. Is that what you want to do to me, Andy? No, because that would be extremely obvious, especially since I would be the one holding the baseball bat. Okay. So, so since Kate does not want me to go to jail, I would have to do something where I would not get caught. What would I do? 
I don't know. What would you do? I can't do poison because Kate's a chemist and they would think about that. Yeah, and then Kate would be aiding and abetting a murder. Mm. If I did anything, I'd probably do it to your car. To my car? Mm-hmm. Why? What, like, like cut the brakes? Well, not, you'll know, cutting the brakes is too obvious. You'd have to do something like some sort of, like, uh, a gradual release of braking fluid. So put a pinhole in yes. the brake. Okay. Or create some sort of short with that giant battery underneath you. Uh, the battery's not underneath me. It's in the back. Oh. No, the battery would just burn. Remember, I, I don't you'd, drive you'd, a You'd have Tesla. time to leave. Yeah, I don't drive a Tesla, Andy. I know. You do drive a Toyota, though, and they have that whole, like, anti-brake. That's what I was thinking. If you take out the brakes, you could just say, oh, it's the anti, it's the braking issue again. <laughs> I don't think that would fly, Andy. I'm pretty sure they corrected that. Hmm. So, for my part, as far as if I had to kill Andy, I'd, I mean, I'd want to make it as painless as possible. Also could work, yeah. And I think this is probably one of the few times when Andy wouldn't mind me searching for a loophole. Uh, because I don't want to kill Andy. But so if, if you forced... had to kill your co-host, it's right. saying... So, you... so I'm saying, I, I don't want to kill you, but if you if I have to kill you, right? Yes. And we'll even, we'll even stipulate that I have to do something now, is I would give you some sort of, of like, debilitating disease that doesn't trigger for 40 years. That's just evil. Well, ultimately, it would be me that kills you, but you'd get to live a life. <laughs> or do you want me to just kill you now? I love how your first thought process was trying to find a loophole to get out of this, and my first thought process was, oh, I can just bash his head in with a baseball bat. Look, I've, I've come to the idea that I could just bash your head in with a baseball bat. In fact, there are many other things I could bash your head in with. A microphone would be rather fitting. <laughs> Hit and run would also work, too. Yep. Just get him on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. And keep going. Because your, your, your Benz is a tank, isn't it? Yeah. It just doesn't go fast enough, though. Force equals... Mass times acceleration. There you go. Okay. Uh, yeah, we gotta wrap this up, though. <laughs> so you would give me some sort of life-debilitating disease... Well, like something that would would kill you, but just... It would kill you quickly, just not right away. I see. You wouldn't know that you had it. Very true. What? Kate has an excellent point that if somehow she found out that you had killed me, your ass is grass. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, then then she doesn't care about going to jail because I'm already gone, so that's... uh, Right. So whatever. Yeah. This is a really morbid, random topic. (laughs) How would I kill Andy? Poison his milk. I don't drink milk. I drink milk. That's my point. Nice one, Dave. Yep. All right, on that wonderful happy note, Merry Christmas, Dave. Merry Christmas, Andy. (laughs) That's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.